You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So we've all heard that narrative. We've all heard that story. Well, if they weren't handing out so much money in federal unemployment benefits extended, we'd have more workers willing to take jobs. And then there's just a bunch of people who say, oh, there's no jobs to be had. It's a combination. But right now, the labor shortage we have, and I can't tell you how many people continue to tell me, hey, there's no labor shortage. And I keep walking around stores that are undermanned. I go to businesses. I go to restaurants. They're short on staff. And do I, you know, I automatically assume, ah, it's just a myth. No, I'm looking at it. I'm staring at it. I talk to managers who can't hire enough people to do what they need to do. It's not all industries. It's it's just some industries. But like the restaurant industry in particular, I think that's been really hard hit because a lot of people have, they didn't, you know, want to keep going through these gyrations of, oh, it's 25% capacity. We need you today. Oh, we don't need you. Oh, we're 50%. Oh, we're open, but we're wearing masks, standing up, sitting down. There's no Rona apparently. So you're okay at the table. No mask required. Standing up. Yes. Walking to the restroom. Yes. I mean, just all this protocol, all this stuff. And if, if you're not getting paid a ton, Restaurant industry, maybe it's not for you. A lot of folks leaving that industry. They're also leaving other industries where there's changes that have happened. Coronavirus thing has changed things. So we've got this situation where economy's going full tilt. We're going back. We're going to have some inflation. And yet we've still got a lot of states that their governors are still accepting that unemployment benefits And I always refer to that as folks who are making the choice to not necessarily get back and get involved and kind of get that whole J-O-B thing going on. Because why would you, if you can stay home and get paid, not have to work and get equal to or maybe slightly less than or even somewhat less than, take that option. There's people out there that are like that. And a certain, a certain amount of folks, they can't blame the job market. They have to look at themselves. But personal responsibility is not something that – personal responsibility is not something that's being taught right now. It's like, just have somebody take care of me. Just have the government take care of me. It's going to be okay. And we all know that that works out. It doesn't. Government's not going to take care of you. you got to figure it out yourself. And yet we're just being coddled along as a society – uh, it's okay. Here's your here's your unemployment benefit. We're going to extend this out forever. It's okay. You don't have to pay rent. It's all right. We'll work this out. How's that going? Swimmingly. Yeah, we had the uh, the eviction moratorium for renters that expired this weekend. Huh, there's some fireworks there. Huh. Yeah, had to do that. Could have come sooner. Didn't. Here we are. All right, we're going to deal with that. I'll be talking about that as well. If you're new here, before I jump on in today's article, which is extended unemployment benefits have caused a whopping 1.8 million Americans to turn down jobs. What? I was, I was told there was no labor shortage. I was told that there's lots of people that are back in the workforce. There are. There's just not enough, right? Before we jump on into this topic, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies and why wouldn't I read the news? All right. Let's go. So Representative Dan Calkins, Republican from Decatur, Illinois, is shedding light on a recent marketing research report that estimates the end of federal unemployment benefits will lead to nearly 2 million jobs being filled 
through the end of the year. Okay, if we've got 2 million jobs that are going to be filled through the end of the year, those are people who aren't working right now, put those people into the labor market, take them off of federal unemployment. Hmm. Yeah, interesting, right? That seems about right. Morning Consult reported that 26 governors chose to prematurely terminate the extra $300 per week unemployed workers were receiving under the American Rescue Plan because they argued the additional benefits were preventing individuals from returning to work. Why would you go to work? If you can get close to what you make at work and you can stay out, hang out at home, you can do whatever you want. You can, you know, make popcorn and watch Netflix all day and still get paid and still cover your bills. That's an option for some people. For other people, I could not live with myself under that scenario. I'm just, I'm not that kind of stay at home kind of guy. I could do that for like, I get tired of being, when I'm sick and I got to stay home, I get bored. Just like, ah, let me go do something. I need to, I need to do something. So that's what I think a lot of what we're seeing is we're seeing job transition. Some folks are getting it. Other people aren't. And if you're on the or entry-level positions, you're going to take advantage of this unemployment, this federal unemployment benefits for as long as you can. You're going to ride that bad boy into the sunset, right? Because why wouldn't you? So I think these 26 governors, I think they're absolutely right. It creates an incentive to not go to work. A new poll delivers a devastating blow to the latest lie from the mainstream media and Governor Pritzker about unemployment. Calkins wrote in a July 16th Facebook post, Facebook, ooh, taking some heat lately, even the president said it was, it was doing something to people can't remember what that was. What was that? Oh, yeah, wasn't good. And then he kind of went back and said, Well, this is what I meant. I can't understand what you know, our fearless leader is talking about half the time I like can't watch that. Uh, that deal last week, the town hall, Holy smokes, what was going on there? Is that a, is that your answer? Are you is that really your answer? Cuz I, I I couldn't tell. What were you talking about? A whopping 1.8 million Americans turned down jobs because the government extended unemployment benefits and it discouraged work. That's what Calkin said in a Facebook post. And Facebook is uh we know everything on Facebook is true because uh you know, the White House is, um, they're, they're checking things out, especially to do with Coronavirus, they're making sure that the information that we get is correct. And they've got it down to about 12 people, 12 individuals on Facebook that are, you know, not, they're not giving out the right information. And that has to go kind of back to my earlier comment about what, you know, Facebook is doing to people. Per the president, it's interesting scenario, isn't it? got this whole social media thing, you got a lot, you got a lot of social media content providers that are being censored. They're being censored and every single day. So about a third of the unemployment insurance recipients have turned down job offers during the COVID-19 pandemic, according to Mont Morning Consult. The 45% of people who turned down unemployment said a major reason, so almost half, almost half said a major reason was because they received unemployment benefits. Why would I go get a job? Why would, why would I go down that road? If I can sit here and make similar to or slightly less than money, have to put out a whole lot less effort 
to get said money. I think you're just going to do that for as long as you can. And that's what we've got going on. And so we've got this economy roaring back to life. Yeah, we got a certain segment of people who are like, F that I'm gonna stay home. Over 14 million adults were recipients of unemployment state and federal benefits for the week ending June 19th, morning consult reported 14 million. Okay, that's a lot. Even as unemployment benefits recipients returned to the workforce, Morning Consult revealed the economy will have 4.7 million fewer jobs than were available prior to the pandemic. Okay, you've got a changing workforce, you've got a changing economy. Some things like the article we're going to read about right now are never going to be the same. So this article here is Seattle Times, and it is uh, despite Washington's labor shortage, thousands on long term unemployment can't find a job. All right, let's talk about that because we're reasonable. All right, let's see what the angle is here. All right, you can't find a job. How come? Let's take a little, let's take a deep dive. And by deep, I mean, somewhat deeper than superficial, but yeah, kind of getting in there. Like hundreds of 1000s of other Washingtonians, Priscilla Bell, a personal trainer in Seattle, lost her job during the first chaotic weeks of the pandemic last year, because gyms shut down, not just ah, 25% capacity 50. Ah, you know, we're open here, we're open there. No, 100% closed down, you are closed. But unlike many of those laid off due to COVID-19, Bell hasn't been able to find work since, despite an intensive job search that started when gyms partially reopened for the first time last August. Okay, so we've got an individual who's a personal trainer, she's been doing it a long, long time. It sounds like since uh, like 40 years experience, she's 58. She's been doing it since she was a teenager. This is the job that she knows well, it's not that she's not skilled, or she's not qualified for it. Maybe it's just a position that in her age demographic isn't available moving forward. All right, so let's talk about this. So this gal lost her job. Now, a lot of gym uh, trainers, what did they do? They immediately went to providing online classes, they figured out the technology. And I know a lot of trainers that didn't know a damn thing about zoom, but they, <laughs> they are really good at it now because they needed to pivot and transition to what worked for them. They didn't go on unemployment. Some of them did for a little bit till they kind of figured out, okay, I can bring back this many of my clients. But a lot of people just flat stopped working out during the pandemic as well, right? Everybody was just so depressed. It's like, are you kidding me? I don't have the energy to, to work out. Plus, my gym is closed. So you've got some trainers who just immediately went to, they went to online. They went to online. They went to Zoom workouts. All right, that's a thing. Others put a bunch of barbells and dumbbells and whatever in the back of their SUV, they took some mats, they took some jump ropes, and they started doing classes socially distance, of course, at parks, they started doing classes in clients homes, stuff they'd never done before, you got to figure it out, you got to figure it out. And when the gyms reopened for the first time last August, I was with my workout partner, and she looks like a trainer. And she can train folks. And she was hit up just immediately first time back in the gym. Hey, we need trainers. Can you come train for us? And she said, No, it's, it's not really what I'm kind of doing right now. Here's the thing. And she explained to them, other trainers that I know, 
have literally done a combination of these things. And then now back when gyms are open, all right, they're going back to the gym, they're getting more and more clients because people are more, they are, they're willing to work out again, they're willing to take the risk, they figured, all right, I'm vaccinated, whatever, let's do this. And so there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of stuff going on. But transition is a huge component of today's job market. And so you can't just kind of sit back and go, well, I hope it's good. And, and I've, I've seen openings for, for trainers. Most of the gyms out there are short on trainers right now, or they don't have enough clientele coming back. And so you just got to figure out how do you reach out to the clientele, make that happen. Um, I'm in real estate. It's eat what you kill, literally. If you don't kill it, you're not going to eat. So you can't just sit around and go, well, I hope a sale comes in today or I hope my brokers make some sales today so I can benefit or, you know, it's a hundred percent commission. There's no, there's, there's no back up. There's no, it's here's, here's, here's the money you get. All right. 1099. Let's go. So instead, the 58 year old is among nearly a quarter million Washingtonians who've experienced long-term unemployment during the pandemic and who often don't know how or if they'll be able to get back to work. And I understand there's a lot of folks out there who've had a tough time. Maybe their industry is shut down. Maybe their particular job has been, you know, worked its way out of the workforce. Maybe they don't have the skill set anymore that's in demand. You got to figure out that whatever that pivot is and make that pivot. But unfortunately, we're just told, well, I don't have any faith in the job market. I don't know if I'm going to get hired. You just got to kind of make it go. You just got to kind of make it make it happen. My faith in the job market is not very high right now, says Bell. It's one of the pandemic's biggest economic puzzles. I don't think it's a puzzle. I think a lot of people don't want to work and a lot of other people don't want to struggle to make it work. That's kind of where I'm at though. Because if you want to be hustling, if you want to be working, you will. I often talk about the the real estate brokers or appraisers of color that I've had over the years, uh, we don't ever really talk about race because they're too busy hustling and making things happen because they know they need to work hard to make things go. And if you don't work hard, it's not going to be there. When you're sitting around talking about race issues, you're not out there working on that next sale, making it happen, eating what you kill. You're sitting around talking, reimagining and rethinking when you could be doing. But we like to do a lot of rethinking and let's let's talk about this and uh, let's see what happens here. And maybe we'll talk about it some more and, you know, we'll just do some talking and thinking and reimagining. And yeah, that's not what makes it go in real estate. That's not what makes it go in a lot of small businesses. You just got to get in there and go. I mean, that's the way I see it. Other folks want to say, well, the government has to keep us going. So it's one of the economic, uh, the pandemic's biggest economic puzzles. Washington is recovering from the COVID-19 recession so strongly that labor shortages are showing up in industries ranging from food service and warehouses to accounting and finance. Yet amid that boom, a surprisingly large number of people have struggled to find work, some since the start of the pandemic. During June of this year, 2021, 
176,992 Washingtonians, or 4.6% of the state's workforce, received uh, the emergency federal benefit for unemployed workers who have exhausted their 26 weeks of regular state unemployment benefits, according to the State Employment Security Department. By comparison, 37% more Washingtonians were receiving extended benefits in June than were a similar group at the same point in the Great Recession. According to ESD data, even though the state's population today is only around 14% larger, 37% more Washingtonians are receiving extended benefits now than they were at the same point in the Great Recession. Not the Great Depression, don't get that confused, the Great Recession, the one that those of us in the workforce went through just the last, I'll call it 15 years, whatever you want to call it. Starting in 07, summer of 07. That's where I pinpoint it. All told, 248,000 and change in Washington have received extended benefits during the pandemic. And this is out of a population with uh, 7 million, I believe it is. Having so many people out of work for so long comes at a substantial cost. Beyond the threat to the economic recovery, long-term unemployment, which the federal government defines as 27 weeks or more, can cause long-term damage to workers' job prospects and future earnings. If you've got that long pause in your resume, getting that job back, employers are always like, okay, what'd you do there? Well, I took some time off and, you know, I really tried to work on this and really did that and I stayed at home and, all right, what were you doing? Well, I took some time off and, you know, it just doesn't look good, right? And everybody wants to say, well, you need, you need time for personal development. Yeah, you also need to be working. You know, personal development that happens on Saturday and Sunday and on evenings when you're not working. That's just how I see it. Other people are like, well, you know, we, we, we need to be respectful and we need to do some thinking and we need to do some reimagining and reprospecting and no, go get a job, work your job, figure out if you don't like that job, figure it out, work on the weekends, work on the evenings, make the next job happen, but don't quit that job till you got the next one lined up. That's how this works. That's how you continue to pay your bills. All right. Long-term joblessness can have a scarring effect, says Jenny Romick, a professor at the University of Washington School of Social Work and an expert in poverty and social policy. The effect is all the more troubling given that long-term joblessness in the pandemic has disproportionately hit certain groups, among them older workers, black workers, and workers with less education. All right, we've been told our entire adult lives, education is critical to getting a job. I think it is, but I also think hustling is critical to getting a job. Hustling is critical to keeping a job. Hustling is critical to getting that next better job. Everybody just wants it. I just want it to fall on my lap. I, I don't want to work that hard. I don't really want to do that much effort. I just kind of want life to look like Instagram because, man, everybody looks great there. And I don't feel like my life looks like that Instagram feed, but must be. I mean, I just must be doing it wrong because everybody else looks perfect. Yeah, we've been sold a bill of goods, right? We just have. Where are the main things? Johnny Hustle, work ethic, sticking at it, not quitting. Those are the things that are really going to get you there. Those are hard, not difficult. I mean, they're, they're not easy and they take a lot to, to keep it going. But people don't want to talk about that because that's hard. 
Nobody wants to do anything hard. They just, here, give it to me. Uh, yeah, lost my job. Uh, long-term unemployment. Just let me keep doing it. All recessions spur long-term unemployment. Indeed, the Great Recession and other recent downturns were followed by jobless recoveries and lingering high unemployment. And I get that there's a lot of circumstances where people can't help the fact that they lost their job. And I'm not saying that's easy. Not, I'm saying they're, they're getting another job may be incredibly difficult. But a lot of what we come up against is you just got to keep going. You got to just stick it out. I had a real estate broker call me or text me this morning and say, I can't find somebody to do this job. And it was a contractor job. It was a specific contractor job. And I had to say, they're all booked out for weeks. You're just going to have to stay on the phone and keep dialing. Dial for those dollars. She wasn't dialing for dollars. She was dialing for a contractor to get a specific job done. But you just got to keep going. You can't quit. All right, they all said they're busy. All right, well, where does that leave you? Huh, not getting my job done. The current surge differs in ways that could make it harder to resolve and which many blame the crisis on the government's own policies. During the Great Recession, long-term unemployment largely reflected a weak demand for labor, especially in sectors that were hard hit by layoffs, such as construction. Says Annalise Vance Sherman, an employment security department regional economist who covers the Seattle area. Today's supply demand picture is far more fractured, Vance Sherman says. Not only is demand wildly uneven, scorchingly high in some industries, non-existent in others. And that has been the weird thing, right? Is some industries so busy, other industries you know, not just literally not in business. But many workers themselves have been slow to return. Hmm, what's going on there? Well, I think we heard about that in the first article, right? The pandemic really impacted the supply of labor in a way that we haven't seen with other recessions, Vance Sherman said. This is just a different animal. Because the incentive to go back to work has been taken away from the worker in so many instances. For some employers and politicians, the main difference is what they see as overly generous federal pandemic unemployment benefits, currently $300 a week that are added to regular state benefits. Many see those extra federal dollars, which expire September 6th, as fueling the labor shortage, especially at lower wage service companies such as restaurants, where combined federal and state jobless benefits have averaged around 90% of normal wages uh, the employment security department data show. Okay, so there you go, 90%. If you have the opportunity to stay home for a lot of months, get 90% of what you were making before, all right, can you figure out a way to take a 10% whack and really get good at Xbox playing Call of Duty? Can you figure that out? Yeah, if Call of Duty and, you know, sitting at home and eating lots of Cheetos if that's where you want your life skill set to, you know, further develop, maybe that's what you do. And I think a lot of what we're seeing is this is exactly what's going on. People don't really want to talk about that. They want to talk about the trainer who lost her job, can't figure out how to pivot to her next job within that industry during a time where things are tricky. Let's be honest, personal training, tricky. People don't want to work out. They don't want to work out close to somebody. You breathe on me. You've been breathing on other people. You might have the Rona. No go. Now we're at a position where we're told, hey, if you're vaccinated, everything should be fine, right? All right. But then how come we've got these indoor mask mandates coming up? Why do we have that? Hard to say, isn't it? It's tricky. It's complicated. 
Jeremy Flowers, who works for the Washington, uh, Western Washington offices of Express Employment Professionals, a recruiting company, says he sees a little bit of that work versus unemployment tension when talking with job candidates for lower wage jobs. What's the benefit of X dollars a week when I can make the same amount of money at home not working? She's a little bit of that tension, just a scooch, just a little bit. Nice. There's a lot of it. They just don't want to talk about it. That tension may also help explain the large number of extended unemployment claims filed by workers with only a high school degree or less who tend to have lower incomes. Although these workers make up around 25% of the state labor force, a quarter, they accounted for 41.3% of all extended unemployment claims filed in the week extending or ending July 17th, according to the unemployment security data. I think, I think these numbers all kind of go to show. Big portion of our labor supply, especially in the front end jobs, like the restaurant jobs, entry level jobs. Those aren't, people aren't taking those jobs. The hairdresser jobs where you, you know, you're not even a hairdresser because that requires a license that requires sticking to a program and actually getting certified pretty hard in the state of Washington to get your, whatever it is, beautician's license. I mean, that just takes some real effort. You got to go to school, pay a whole bunch of money. I'm talking about the job of the person checking clients in the, the company I get my haircut by, they cannot hire that position because nobody wants to take it. Those people won't even show up for their job interviews. They're making too much money. They're playing Xbox. They're goofing around. They're going to the mall with their friends. That's literally what they're doing. And you might say, well, not all of them. I've been looking for a job. Okay. We're not talking every specific person. We're talking generalities. There's enough indication here in the data that we're looking at. People aren't going to work because why should they? They've got no incentive. I think uh, I think the when we sunset the federal unemployment benefits, the extended benefits, it'll be kind of like for a lot of tenants who haven't paid rent. Oh, well, with the sunsetting of the eviction moratorium, maybe I need to get on that. Maybe I need to figure out a payment plan with my landlord so I don't get the boot. And that's a lot of what you're going to see. I'm going to talk about that here, I think, today as well. We had the eviction moratorium get lifted uh, July 31st, which was Saturday, so Sunday. Today, I'm recording this to you on a Monday. You're going to have a lot of tenants and landlords heading to court. Keep in mind, a lot of those would have anyway, because over the course of a year, you're going to have a lot of evictions. That's just how it goes. There's a certain percentage of tenants who don't honor that contract, and they get the boot. So this isn't just a coronavirus deal. This is life. And unfortunately, life, as far as landlords and tenants, it's been put on hold for about a year and a half. Actually, tenant eviction uh, moratorium started last September, I think on the federal level. And here we are almost a year later. So all kinds of moratoriums and evictions and all that stuff. But I think you'll see less people out on the street. And I think you will see as far as getting kicked to the curb, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see a lot of what's going on here when you've got the federal extended benefits go away or when states take them away. People are going to go back to work. They're going to take that job because they need to because the government, you and I, aren't paying their bills anymore and unemployment. 
All right, I think that's what's going to happen. We're slowly get working our way back to normality, whatever that might be a situation of being normal. We're not there yet. We're not even close to being there yet. We got to rip off the band aids of some of these social programs, toss them by the wayside, because the economy is opening up. It's go time. Let's go. Let's get rid of this silliness. Move on with our lives. That's the way I see it needing to happen. And it is happening. Um, just not as happening as quick as some of us would like, or should never have happened in the in, in the beginning. We shouldn't have had a situation where there was an eviction moratorium. What? Why? That's silly. But that's just me. I'm a real estate guy. So I see things differently. And maybe that's why you tune in. Don't know. Either which way. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I will catch up with you on the next one. Until then, stay safe. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.